Kia ora Aotearoa, it's October 14, I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium, sports news but not as you know it from Stuff. It's round two of the Rugby World Cup and the Blackford squad has just been announced, so who's in and who's out? And what will the big matchups be this weekend? We meet another Blackfern, a Fijian flyer from Porirua and a ref who will have you crying with laughter. We've also got all the action from the Black Caps and the Silver Ferns and ask, what the heck is pickleball and what did tennis star Kim Clusters and Super Bowl champ Tom Brady have to do with it? The second round of the Rugby World Cup is here and the Blackfern squad's just been named. Joseph Pearson, it's a big game against Wales. Uh, they played Scotland last week and it came down to the wire. Can Wales do it against the Blackferns? No. <laughs> the reason why is they're just not anywhere near the level. I've said it a few times already, that they're nowhere near the level of the Blackferns. And they were scratchy against Scotland. Scotland are a sort of similar level to them and it was a relatively poor standard game. Close, tense and you know quite exciting to watch at the end. But they will, they've will. they got Jasmine Joyce on the right wing, a bit of a seven star who sh- should, uh, should be one to watch for them. But they will not be able to live with the Blackferns' attack, pace, power, etc. Mm, Jasmine Joyce was definitely one for me. Last week, um, she every time she touched the ball, she was just incredibly electric, except then she got yellow carded uh, in, in the second half, which was unfortunate. Uh, the other big matchups this week is France-England, two favourites of the competition. Who should we look out for and what is your prediction? Well, yeah, this, is, this match will have major ramifications for the whole competition and particularly the Black Ferns because the losing team will probably end up on the other side of the quarterfinal draw and the Black Ferns could play them in the semi-final. So it's a massive game for so many reasons. England have beaten France 10 times in a row and haven't lost to them since 2018. There's been a few close games there, but England have got stronger, particularly in their recent meetings. So it's hard to look beyond England, as I've said, throughout the whole tournament so far. Their players to watch, English players, Abby Dow, the winger who's coming back from a broken leg, suffered only six months ago. She scored with her first touch against Fiji. Claudia McDonald, the left winger, who scored four tries against Fiji, and not all of them were just catching it from the centre and dropping over the line. She scored some brilliant runaway tries, so she's one to watch as well for England. As for the French, their big player, open side flanker and skipper Gail Emet is back on the bench, which is a big bonus for them. And the halfback Sansu, who's absolutely brilliant player, scored two tries against South Africa last week. Uh, look out for her on the weekend in Whangarei on Saturday night. It's going to be a cracker. Um, we've got other matchups as well, so keen to hear your predictions. Scotland, Australia, got to be Australia. <laughs> yeah, Australia showed last week they had enough to probably beat Scotland and Wales, and Wayne Smith tipped that they would make the semi, so clearly they're highly thought of. Mm, USA, Japan, oh, it's got to be USA, former world champs. Yeah, USA, they were they were poor against Italy and they look very limited, but they should have enough to beat Japan, who are very weak in defence and struggle against Canada's go forward, the mall and their, the power in their pack. And USA are a similar team, play a similar style, so they shouldn't be able to cope with that. Italy, Canada is going to be one to watch for me. Both have been playing incredibly well. Um, Italy, you know, dominated last week. Can Canada do it? Aside from the England-France game, this is probably the most evenly contested match of the second round of matches. I, I can't call. I Canada are certainly favourites for it, and but they played a similar style to Italy as well. You know, forward-dominated game, kick to the corner, mall, etc. I think Canada will still be too strong for Italy, but. Italy rolled France a few months ago. That's certainly going to be a close game. Edge of your seat stuff. And then finally, we've got Fiji, South Africa. I think, you know, watching Fiji in that first half against 
England last week, you know, they managed to keep the Red Roses to 10 points. Can they do it against South Africa? Yeah, they certainly can. I think this this is another very intriguing game. It's just played after the Blackfern, so hopefully the crowd is there and Waitakere Stadium on Sunday stays and gets behind. I'm sure there'll be uh, pockets of Fijians around the ground. South Africa was gutsy against France. I'm not going to say good because they got blown away in the second half. And Fiji, as we saw, you know, lit, you know, lit up Eden Park with two brilliant tries against, you know, such a strong side like England before completely collapsing in the second half. I think their assistant coach said that they, they actually got bored in the second half because mm. England ran in ten tries because they're still at that level where they're not professional at all yet. So yeah. it's hard to call. Fiji will certainly have the local support because I mean, not, not many Auckland rugby fans or New Zealand rugby fans like any South African team, of course. So. <laughs> Yeah, t- tough to call, it really is. I, I, I back Fiji just because I f- from what I saw last week, they had more attacking flair and talent. But their forwards should um, should get a really decent test again against South Africa. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute cracker of the game. Um, Organisers are saying that Sunday at Waitakere Stadium is completely sold out. So it would be very interesting to see if we have a repeat from last week when they said it was sold out and there were empty seats. Yeah, I... It's a much smaller ground. I've written this week that it is a, it's going to be a massive come down from the sort of mm. epic high of Eden Park and a world record crowd. And it is a much smaller venue, quaint, I think I would call it. And there is a playground on the side of the pitch. I wonder if they'll have covered that up. Um, <laughs> there's an athletics track, which no, nobody likes to sit a bigger athletics track around a rugby or football pitch or, or the like. Mm. So... Um, yeah, I, w- I was there in June for the Pacific Four series, and it is a decent venue for this tournament, given the, the sort of crowds that were expected outside of the Blackfins game. So I think it will still serve its purpose quite well. And uh, yeah, this weekend is a, is a big test of its uh, capabilities, though, because there will be a big crowd. Uh, as you say, there will be a sort of sold out packed house there. But there's only one seated stand, so I'll be interested to see where everyone's uh, put around the, around the pitch at least. Thanks so much Joe. We'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you. It wasn't the smoothest start for the Black Ferns at the tournament which was something I had to discuss with Stuff's newest columnist Honey Hidemi Smiler this week. Kia ora, honey. Always wonderful to have you on the podium. Oh, kia ora. Always lovely to chat with you every week. <laughs> How were your nerves after the first 28 minutes against Australia on Saturday? The, the nerves were through the roof, to be honest. It was just early jitters, wasn't it? And it's lucky they were able to turn it around. Yeah, 100%. You know, I think just the enormity of the whole atmosphere. It was unreal, to be honest. I, I've never felt so emotional. There was definitely tears going around, I reckon. Yeah. Um, so what area of improvement do the Black Ferns need to work on before they face Wales on Sunday? Oh yeah, look, I think a lot of it will come down to their mental preparation and ensuring that, you know, they're switched on from that first whistle. I think there's probably a little bit of work to tidy up around their set piece and and some of their breakdown work but, you know, other than that, once they got going and once they sort of... uh, got their confidence in them, yeah, they're just unstoppable. I mean, player for player, they're really hard to match. They'll probably make a few changes too and get get a few more players out on the park. Yeah, who are you expecting to see run out this weekend? I'd still like to see the likes of, the you know, the Verda and Renee Wycliffe uh, get some time on the park there. We've still got Aisha Letienga. 
so they're two formidable wingers as well. So uh, whether um, they take a spot and, and Porsche and Ruby maybe rest for a game, we'll, we'll see. I think that'll probably happen early in the pool games. And then also some of our pack, you know, I'd, I'd like to see some of them rotated around. You've got young Tania Kalunuvali, Kennedy Simon, still, I suppose, dealing with a couple of niggles, but hopefully uh, they're recovered and, and be ready to get out there. And also Alana Bremner, because, uh, you know, she'll bring some much-needed power to the to that locking duo as well. Mm, our depth is quite incredible, isn't it? But um, I'm very interested to see how they go against Wales. I watched the Welsh-Scotland game on Sunday, which was incredibly scrappy and full of penalties from Wales. They're going to have to sort out their discipline if they want to try and beat the Black Ferns. Oh, 100%, yeah. And I think just listening to their coach afterwards, that was probably his number one key in terms of their discipline. And I suppose just the interpretation of, of the rules and being able to adapt to, to the referee's calling on the day. But, I mean, they, they were impressive. They forced Scotland to make, I think, a total of like 192 tackles. You know, Wales had, what, 138 runs. And that was more than any other team in round one. But I think who stood out for me was their flanker, Alex Callender. I mean, she made 24 tackles, the most of any player in round one, and she didn't miss a single tackle. So they've got some firepower in there. But I'm sure the Black Ferns will be across that and, and doing their homework there. Wow, what a workhorse, you know. <laughs> What's your prediction for the scoreline? Yeah, I'd say it's going to be a close one, uh, but I'd say the Black Ferns will, will get up by 15, 20 points. <laughs> you can find Honey's columns online at staff.co.nz and in our newspapers. It's been a busy week for Stuff Sports journalist Brendan Egan covering the Black Caps and the Silver Ferns. The Ferns are currently playing in the Constellation Cup, starting strong with a 56-48 win over the Australian Diamonds earlier in the week. Kia ora, Brendan. Hey Zoe, how's it going? Good. Can they continue their winning ways? Yeah, they definitely can, but Australia, man, the Australians, <laughs> when they lose, they come back very fired up. So I expect a very, very hungry, uh, determined Australian side in Tauranga on uh, Sunday night. And the Ferns um, will, will definitely back themselves after the other night, but yeah, I'm expecting a very fired up Australian response. Mm, were there any standout performance from this week's game? Oh, the Silver Ferns, like I was saying to someone the other day, I, I, I think it's uh, probably one of the Silver Ferns' best performances in three, four years. It was just a, a, a really, really strong performance. Everyone did their job and um, to come out like they did in that first quarter and really take it to Australia and, and sort of just shock the Australians. They had no answer. They just couldn't stop the Silver Ferns. It was just, um, yeah, really tremendous stuff and, and some excellent play. Fantastic. And, and how did the men go? Because I think last time we spoke earlier in the week, it was the first time in a thousand days that they'd played. Yeah, I think it was uh, 1,445 to be precise. But uh, yeah, they, they went down to Australia. The Australian men's side is very, very strong. They uh incredibly formidable so uh, yeah unfortunately the New Zealand men couldn't get the job done but they uh, they did have some uh, promising patches against the Australians and the Black Caps are at the pointy end of the tri-series with Pakistan and Bangladesh ahead of their departure for the T20 World Cup starting in Australia this weekend um, have the Black Caps found their stride? Yeah they've definitely in the last two games they've, they've stepped it up they were very poor in that opening game it's just real signs of rust against Pakistan when the, when the tournament opened uh, last Saturday which seems a a long time ago now, but yeah, the last two games they've been very, very strong against um, Pakistan and Bangladesh. Is there any more injury rows that we should be worried about? Well, the good news was that Adam Milne, who was under a bit of an injury cloud, he he left the field um, a couple of days ago. He, he returned and was probably their standout performer against uh, Bangladesh the other day. So yeah, um, no, the, I mean, there's still a couple of guys that haven't featured. Lockie Ferguson obviously hasn't featured in this tournament, so be interesting to see whether he is available for those warm-up games at the World Cup. Um, Daryl Mitchell, there's a bit of a cloud over him. 
him. Um, he's obviously you know one to watch. Uh, so yeah, there's a couple of injury injury worries still heading into the World Cup, and we we'll have to wait and circus over the next week their availability and, and where they stand. Mm, we'll bring on the World Cup. Um, and interesting note to note, Black Cap Jesse Ryder has popped up in the news again this week. What's going on? Yeah, I saw that story. Well, he's off to the um, the Indoor Cricket World Cup. He's in the New Zealand Indoor Cricket team. So uh, yeah, there was interesting comments from Jesse. I mean, obviously back in the day, man, what a performer he was for New Zealand. Um, mm. You know, as he said, he got the, the you know that fantastic innings uh, against uh, India. And man, when he was on, he was a tremendous performer. But obviously, uh, off the field stuff was always an issue for him and uh, didn't work out. But um, yeah, it was, uh, interesting and nice to hear him speak. I mean, it's been a while since we've heard from Jesse Ryder in the media. Yeah, he said that he wasn't given the chance to play for the Black Caps once he'd got sober. He was always one of my favourite players. I have a bit of a soft spot for Jesse Ryder. You know, I grew up in Central Districts, his neck of the woods, so he was always one of my faves. Thanks so much, Brendan. We look forward to chatting to you further on Monday about the Constellation Cup. Sounds good, Zoe. There's sports galore for sports fans also this weekend. There's more rugby happening with the MPC semi-finals, Wellington versus Auckland tonight, Canterbury versus Bay of Plenty on Saturday. In football, Wellington Phoenix and Central Coast Mariners meet on Sunday afternoon at the Caketon. And the English Premier League is on with Tottenham Hotspur playing Everton on Sunday and Liverpool versus Manchester City on Monday morning. And the Kiwis kick off their Rugby League World Cup against Lebanon early Monday morning. We'll be bringing you all the action. And today, Joel King and Paul Cole play their quarterfinals at the US Squash Open in Philadelphia. The rise to the top is tough for so many of the black ferns and motherhood can often be a hard choice. But for proper Fina Tanganwainohu, becoming a mum is what pushed her to the highest levels. I had my son um, August 23rd, 2020. My goal wasn't actually to become a black fern, it was just to be the best mum that I could be and be physically and healthy, um, fit. So, um, yeah, becoming that person for my my son and and then everything sort of just came with it. And after some impressive performances in Super Rugby Opiki and Farapama Cup, she found herself at her first Black Ferns camp, feeling surprised but loving the environment. Went over to Tauranga and it was this, just being in the space, you know, rubbing shoulders with people that I've seen, like Portia Woodman, Les Alda, Kendra Coxedge, like on the field I hated her. And then when she was in, she was like opening arms, you know, anything I needed. The environment was amazing. There was those like support systems. And then I was like, oh yeah, nah, I want to be a part of this. You can read the full interview with Afina on stuff.co.nz or in all our major newspapers on Saturday. And Kiwi players aren't just playing a starring role for the Black Ferns. I caught up with one of the players from the Fijiana team, Kalora Lumani, a 23-year-old winger who hails from Porirua. This weekend, the team take on South Africa, but Lomani, alongside her Fijiana teammates, made their World Cup debuts last Saturday against England. While she's born in Fiji, she hails from Porirua and has a proud connection to both. You'll also find her out on the wing for the Wellington Pride in the Palmer Cup and for Fijiana Jura in Australia's Super W competition. Kia ora, Kalora. Welcome to the podium. So the first game on the weekend, um, 
What was that like, standing there, singing the national anthem of Fiji? There were a few tears shed by the Fijian players. It was incredibly moving. I wasn't there, but I watched it on TV, and you could just feel the passion coming off them. Yes, definitely. I think majority of us girls are like, this is our first time to be part of international rugby, part of the Fijiana and being the first one of the women to be pre- representing Fiji in this national sport. And most of us is our um, debuts and playing in this white and black jersey. So yeah, it's crazy ride and to represent um, our country and be the only Pacifica team and to be in this World Cup, um, it's been unreal. It's been very unreal. You've got a big game this weekend against South Africa. What's the game plan for you? I think coming from off England um, game, we had uh, a lot of learnings coming off that game. And I think going into the South Africa game, we've you know done all the hard work on the training fields. And off the field too, reviewing the games. I think we've got what it takes to beat South Africa. I think we just need to stick to our game plans and do what we do best. Yeah, that first half against England, my goodness, you came out with a roar. You kept them to 10 points at the halftime break. It was incredible to watch. I think we had um, a good start. We did what we had to do to try and keep them on their toes. We had to fight hard for that first half. But unfortunately, we didn't carry that through into second half. But I'm still proud of the girls of how they um, pulled off at the end with that three tries. You're from Wellington. What part of Wellington are you from? From Purirua. Woohoo! Represent. Uh, and so, and you play for uh, the Wellington Farah Palmer Cup team as well, the Pride. Um, yeah, so I came into New Zealand when I was six years old. Um, I was born and bred in Fiji, but um, my family migrated into New Zealand in 2008. Yeah, so I've been living in New Zealand, playing my rugby here. Did you ever come to a point in your rugby career where you're like, right, I've got to make a decision. I'm either going to shoot for the Black Ferns or shoot for Fiji. Which one was it going to be? Did you ever have to make that choice? Yes, definitely. I think it was 2019 when I um, had my first debut in Sevens for Wellington. After that Wellington National Sevens, I was called into Black Ferns Development Camp. I think trying that out really opened my eyes out. I thought that I would have a chance with Black Ferns. But I ended up travelling um, over to Japan and having a contract overseas. The, then I had phone calls coming from Fiji um, wanting me to join into the Fiji teams. But I kind of held that back because I was, you know, I thought I would try it out for Black Ferns. But um, unfortunately, that didn't come through. And then uh, earlier this year, I had the calls coming in to um, try on for Fijiana Drua, which is the first Fijiana team to join the Super W in Australia. And I thought I would take that opportunity, you know, it's something um, Fijiana's first history as well. And and what do you want to say to the fans who have been turning up and to your family back in Fiji? Um, I'd just like to say a big thank you and Vinakapaka uh, level for your um, all your love and support and your prayers for us girls. We know we always try our best to put the best performance out there for you guys to love and keep supporting us. Oh, I love that. What's something in Fijian that we can yell to encourage the women when we're standing in the crowd? Toso viti toso. Toso viti toso. What does that mean? Go Fiji go. Woo! Yes! Go Fiji go! What's your realistic goal for finishing? We'll try and make the quarterfinals, but yes, that's our goal for at the moment, just to reach quarterfinals and hopefully come to the top. 
They can be the most hated people on the pitch, but let's face it, without the refs, sports simply wouldn't happen. I had an amazing chat with Maggie Cougar-Orr, who's one of two Kiwi refs at the Rugby World Cup. She was so open and so chatty, we've decided to make an entire bonus episode, which will be out tomorrow. In the meantime, here's a wee taster for you. What's harder to ref, men's oh, this or is, women's They're very rugby? different. So this is, we, we, I've had this question before, um, and actually, like, like so f- purely, obviously, from, like, a biology, physics point of view, like, men's rugby has bigger collisions because you've got bigger human beings moving at a slightly faster speed. So in terms of the collisions that are happening, everything is happening a little bit quicker. In terms of the, so in refereeing, we'll call it management, which is sort of about your interactions with other people. Um, I genuinely think women's rugby is harder to referee because I'm going to be honest with you, most men... I think deep down are used to being told what to do by a woman. Most women don't like being told what to do by anybody. So there is genuinely, I think, um, a, I, I often find men quite easy to manage. You know, you get over the first 10 minutes and then they go, okay, it's just not worth it. Like, she, she's the boss, I've moved on. Women, there's never a point, I think, where they, they're just sort of abiding you for a few minutes, but they've never really gotten to the point where they think you're the boss. So funny. And that wasn't the only yarn Maggie had for us. You can hear the rest of our chat tomorrow morning. Just follow the podium on your favourite podcast platform to get the latest episodes right away. Hey, producer Jono. Hello, Zoe. How are we? Oh, it's so wonderful to have you back on the show. Um, There's been a major investment overnight in a sport which might be completely new to some podium listeners. Yeah, we're talking about pickleball, which I have to say I did not know a lot about until a couple of hours ago. But seven-time Super Bowl champ Tom Brady and former world number one tennis player Kim Kleisters have been announced as part of an ownership group for a new major league pickleball expansion team. Uh, They're only the latest names to get into this sport. LeBron James already owns another expansion team. Uh, Maverick Carter, Draymond Green, Kevin Love, Drew Brees, they're also investing in this sport. Uh, What is pickleball for those who don't? know. It's kind of like a weird hybrid of tennis, ping pong and badminton. So it's an indoor or outdoor racket or paddle sport. You can play singles or doubles and they hit a perforated hollow ball so it's got holes all over it. It's called a wiffle ball which I think sounds like something out of Harry Potter. They hit it backwards and forwards over the net and basically until one side breaks a rule and that's how you score points. It looks like tennis, but the pickleball court is actually about the size of a doubles badminton court, so it's less than a third the size of a tennis court. And this is basically to make pickleball a little bit more accessible to people who maybe have mobility issues, are a little bit older, younger, and are just kind of learning and getting into some kind of sport. Yes, love it, because sport's for all, right? Not just for some. (laughs) Why do they call it pickleball? Initially it was named pickleball because one of the people who created it thought it reminded them of the, the pickle boat in rowing, where the oarsmen were chosen as the leftovers of the other boats. Other sources say that it might be because the uh, guy who came up with it had a dog called Pickles. <laughs> now, that's actually an urban myth because the, the dog called Pickles was actually born after the game was invented. That came about when a reporter covered the story years and years ago and thought that people might identify more with Pickles the dog than Pickle the boat in the <laughs> rowing. So they just basically made up that it had been named after a dog. Oh, and I understand that there's a bit of a hub here in New Zealand for pickleball. There are clubs all over the place. Uh, You can find your local one just by searching for the Pickleball New Zealand Association online. It seems like a fun sport and maybe one we need to give a go. I think so. I reckon next time I'm up your way, we should definitely go and play some pickleball. 
I think we should have a glass of wine first and then play some pickleball. Oh, that does sound like lots of fun. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Jono. And that's it for the podium for Friday, October 14. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of all of our guests this week, producer Jono Williams and Philippa Tolley, and audio editor Connor Scott, thank you so much for listening. You can get in touch with us now via email, thepodium at stuff.co.nz, and listen to us at stuff.co.nz forward slash podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to check out our bonus episode tomorrow morning with rugby ref Maggie Kugel-Orr and we'll be back on Monday with our next regular episode. Until then, na mihi, go well.